0: Welcome back to The Innovator Podcast, the female entrepreneur series that dives into the stories of how women founders tackled hardship and difficulties to ultimately find success. My name is Erica Sullivan, and I am the host of The Innovator Podcast, and today I'm welcoming Cassandra Wilder. Cassandra is a naturopathic doctor who works to teach entrepreneur women how to connect to their cycles and rise into empowered leaders without the burnout and hustle. Through her top-ranked podcast, The Goddess Ceremony Podcast, and work as a high-level coach and naturopathic doctor, Cassandra has been renowned as a world's leading expert in women's cycles and entrepreneurship. I am so excited to welcome Cassandra to the podcast today because we talk about things in women's health that I've never even thought of before or learned about, so I think it is extremely beneficial to have and share these types of conversations. Cassandra, welcome to the Innovator Podcast. Hi, Cassandra. Welcome. How are you? So good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And we are so excited to have you today on the Innovator Podcast to talk a little bit about something that I have never had the opportunity to talk about before. We were saying this a little bit offline before we started recording, but this is such a fascinating topic and I'm super excited to dive into it with you today.
1: Yes, it's going to be juicy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So what I always like to do is I'm the type of person who likes to just hop straight into questions. So I want to start by you telling us a little bit about the very beginning and kind of what your early life was like and how your story has evolved and things that you picked up along the way to get you where you are today doing what you're doing.
1: Yeah, such a good question. So, I grew up in a rural area in the middle of nowhere Utah, out on a ranch, and so my childhood was mostly being out with my animals, being in nature, and that was such a nice uh, respite for me coming from a really chaotic family life. That was that was how I stayed connected to self. And I always had this fascination with health and the way the human body worked, and so I was definitely very young when I knew that I wanted to be in medicine of some type. And so Throughout like my adolescence, for example, I took every health and nutrition class I could get my hands on, so incredibly amazed that, especially when it comes to nutrition and diets, one thing could really uh, help a person thrive and heal them, and the same diet for a different person could make them very sick and cause disease, and so everything I did through all my little different dabblings in entrepreneurship, through uh, getting my degrees, everything always came back to that that desire to really want to serve and help other people and demystify so many of the things about health that were simply not taught. And so it's been an amazing journey.
0: I love that you immediately started talking about how you know different diets for different people, different results. And that is so true. And something that I love for people to talk about is that You know, we're all different. All of our recipes are different, whether it be entrepreneurship, productivity, or our health, there is no one-size-fits-all solution for anything.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So on your website, you share the story of how you evolved and pivoted your profession to what it is today. So can you walk the audience through your journey as a naturopathic doctor and kind of break down what that means for people who might not have been introduced to it before?
1: such a good question and there's kind of a joke among naturopathic doctors that when you have this as a profession you have to have a really good elevator speech because inevitably you're going to be asked like what is that exactly (laughs) so uh, a naturopathic doctor is a more natural-minded physician so we seek to find the root cause of any imbalance in the body and it's all very personalized and we also don't compartmentalize so we we don't separate say gut health from hormone health we really see the synergy between all the systems and so I went and got my doctorate in naturopathic medicine, and it was amazing. One thing that is different about naturopathic medicine is we don't specialize as much as you would see in a medical doctor. And so we we kind of stay a bit more broad. And while that's really amazing, by the time I graduated, I didn't really feel like a master of anything. I felt like I could help with a lot of little things, but I wasn't really honed in the way I wanted to be. So as I was sitting in these consult rooms, I was talking to all these women, and I found that naturally the kind of people I attracted were people... Uh, Like entrepreneur women specifically who were having huge cyclical imbalances, that were struggling with their hormone health, that were feeling really burnt out and depleted, and really looking for some support, especially in their cyclical health. And so the more I sat in these consults, the more I realized that there was a need to, I guess we could say, niche even more and really, really specialize in the cyclical health component. And then through those consults, continued to see. The connection between honoring our cyclical health, watching our own innate patterns, and also how that shows up in our business and our relationships in literally every facet of our lives. So when I graduated, I would have had no idea that this would be ultimately where I would fully specialize.
0: I think with entrepreneurial women, I think it's a great niche because I think what you see in that industry a lot is burnout and women who feel like they're giving it all and it is taking all out of them. So I think it's so fascinating that you found these are the women that I can help because we were talking about this a little bit before too, being able to find a work-life balance and feel like you can you know, be in a good place in your life where you're giving it your all. And burnout is a huge issue for a lot of women.
1: Yes, I think across the board, whether you're an entrepreneur, in corporate, a mom, it's something that happens to all of us. And that's where it's it's concerning that most of us don't learn how to work with our own bodies and, and be able to overcome that.
0: Yeah, and you've definitely proven with your client transformations that working with your body and healing your cycle also paves the path forward for fulfillment, empowerment, and Business and align with who you are, so it's like healing yourself internally, so that you can give the best business outcome to the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, you know, earlier, I would have never believed that this was possible unless I was like literally in these consult rooms with these women. But the more you do, come back to your innate cycles, the more it does pave the path forward to really feel connected to self.
0: I can only imagine how difficult it can be to you know, heal your cycle. I know I listened to your podcast a little bit and you talked about this and people ask, okay, so what's the one one size fix-all solution? You're like, it it doesn't exist. I don't know what <laughs> to tell you.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of the funny part about working alongside the Western model, because we are all conditioned to believe that there's a one size fits all kind of fix. You know, you can take this one herb or this one pill or eat this one diet and it'll fix you. But as we've already talked about, it is so dependent on the person. And especially when it comes to cyclical health, there's so many layers, both hormonally, thyroid, gut health, and then there's also that emotional layer as well. So if I had a client come into me and say had very irregular periods, maybe she's struggling to get pregnant, she has cysts, or maybe she just has that general sense of of feeling burnt out, feeling like she doesn't know who she is, we do a a very in-depth intake together. And it's my job as she's speaking and sharing her story, sharing her health experiences to kind of trace back the root, to notice if it is more of a hormonal imbalance or to notice if it is something a little more emotional and to be to be open to going maybe in an unconventional direction. So it's kind of like playing detective.
0: Oh, I love that. That's such a great way to put it. It's like playing detective. I think that's that's so fascinating. And I I love that you're, you know, I think it's fascinating because if you look at the world of medicine, a lot of the times they just you know, give you a pill and say, this will fix it. They don't get to the root cause, which internally your body's not happy because it wasn't solved. You know, your body's still, you basically put a bandaid on the situation rather than solving the problem. And I think you see that a lot with women who are struggling with infertility or acne or something along those lines that they're given a one size fits all solution. And they said, oh, here, this medicine will work. This solution will work for you. And it might you know, work for a little bit, but it doesn't get to the root cause and actually solve the problem.
1: Exactly. What you just said there, such wise words. And yeah, that's that's what's so sad. And it's unfortunate that for so many people, they, they often come to more of a natural modality after they feel like they've exhausted everything else, you know? So I'm grateful that, that anyone in the natural world can be of service and to help, but I do wish it was more of a um, more accessible and more at the forefront of people's minds when they knew they had an imbalance.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people don't know exactly what's going on, you know, because there isn't enough education. People don't have resources to go to. They don't know what's going on. So when they find a solution that's quick and easy, oh, I only have to take one pill a day or I just have to put on this topical treatment X, Y, and Z. It seems so simple. It's like, oh, you solved my problem that I, I didn't know what to do. Perfect. I'm going to follow that solution. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yep. You're so right.
0: So we've already kind of talked a little bit about myths, but is there one common myth surrounding women in health that just drives you crazy that you want to debunk? <laughs> oh, there's a few, but
1: <laughs> for <laughs> simplicity, you know, I think that the most and not frustrating, but the most um, disempowering one that I hear is the idea that a menstrual cycle or a period is something you have to deal with rather than something you get to experience. And I do understand it, in that most of us didn't have very empowering experiences with our first menstrual cycles. That's often a question I ask my clients: is what was that initial experience like? And I have heard it all, you know, from extremely shameful and very traumatic to just very dry and like here's a pad. Congrats. You know, there was generally no significance to that time and so we grow up feeling like it's something we have to deal with and an inconvenience. And so when my work what I love to do is to start to teach women how to see the the beauty of this time, to see it as that permission to rest or to reflect, to start to work with your body and with those productivity patterns so that you know how to actually slow down with your menstrual cycle and how to be more productive at different times of the month. So One myth that I would love to demystify is simply your menstrual cycle is an incredible tool, and if used correctly, it can actually be an absolutely life-changing way to start to schedule your life so that you feel connected to who you are, you have times of rest and times of growth, and there's no working against your innate patterns.
0: This is so interesting to me. I'm sitting over here taking (laughs) notes, trying not to interrupt you, because... I wish I had known about this when I was younger. So I'm about to turn 23. So I'm still, I'm still on, you know, in my younger 20s. But I mean, I think back to when I was really young and, you know, kids are going through puberty and it's this thing that's like kind of, it's just embarrassing, right? You're mm-hmm. just embarrassed by it. You're embarrassed by your body. You don't know how to handle it. So you find, you know, what works for you and you find a way to deal with it exactly like you said. But it's so cool to think of knowing your body and thinking, okay, here's when you're having X, y, and Z time of the month, here's what you can do to have a successful outcome, which is just so fascinating to me because I never thought of it in that way.
1: Yeah, so I'm so glad it resonates. Sometimes I think we just need to hear someone say something like this and it, it does resonate for all of us. We all can feel that something has been missing in the education around this this subject. And so I'm, I'm so glad it resonates with you too.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. And I'm thinking of like 15 million other questions. (laughs) I'm trying to think if they'll be of service to the audience or if it's just me, personal questions. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think a great way that you tackle a bunch of these questions and things that people might not have been educated about is through your podcast. So let's pivot a second to your podcast and it's called the goddess ceremony podcast. And basically what you say is that you talk about everything you never learned about your body in a podcast, (laughs) uh, which I love. I think that's so great and very, very perfect for what the podcast actually does. Um, So what can someone expect to hear if they want to tune in and listen for the first time?
1: Exactly that. We talk about
0: all the things that are
1: normally taboo in our modern world, but yet they're things that we all experience. So we do talk about periods at length, you know, all the big questions that we've all had. We talk about hormones, we talk about cervical health, breast health, all these big questions that likely we've all wondered at one point or another, but felt like we had no one to talk to about it. And then everything is done not just in a a medical perspective, but also maybe more of that spiritual component as well to make it a really empowering, well-rounded opportunity to learn about our bodies. So it literally is everything your mom never taught you about your body and, and done so in a very respectful yet informative way.
0: What have you seen like throughout a woman's cycle, like you were talking about using the different stages for different times. So can you walk us through kind of like, I know it's kind of a difficult question because again, everyone is different. But if you look at the big picture and a woman's like, okay, how do I use the natural cycle of my body for success? Can you walk us through, you know, maybe like, high-level overview of a month and kind of what you can see and what women can do at home?
1: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So for example, if we were to look at a woman's monthly cycle, we usually just think of the period, but there are three other phases as well. So there's four distinct phases of a woman's cycle. And so as you can imagine, it does plug pretty well into a monthly calendar to kind of make it a little simpler for everyone to visualize. So if we started first with our menstrual cycle, we all know when we're on our period, we're bleeding, we're releasing, there's usually more of an introverted feeling and our energy levels tend to be lower. And this is the most important time of the month to take care of ourselves, to slow down, even just a little bit to be mindful to listen to our bodies to take care of ourselves. You know, I think as women, we really are the glue of society, we are incredibly gifted at always making sure everyone else is okay and cared for and that's such a beautiful quality of the feminine but it can also go too far it can also become that state of depletion where we never take time to refill our own cup so this is like a built-in invitation every single month to take care of you After we come out of our menstrual phase, our hormones start to increase pretty rapidly as we come into our follicular phase. So in this phase, everything is in a building phase as we're getting ready to ovulate, which is that time of the month when we can get pregnant. And in this stage, we feel we could say the energy of spring and that we're coming out of the cave. We feel an increase in our libido. We tend to have a lot of energy, very social. And a great time to start to set goals or intentions for our, the month, especially as an entrepreneur or, or anyone that's, that's goal-oriented. Then by the time we reach the middle of the month, we're in our ovulation phase. This is when we usually feel really, really good. <laughs> so most women know when they're ovulating because they have a huge surge in energy, a high sex drive there may be a lot of cervical mucus, everything in the body is very fertile and ready to expand and create. So this is a great time to plan a lot of your projects, your very social activities. Right around this time then, as we dip into our final phase, which is the luteal phase, if you could see a a picture of the hormones, it would make more sense, but your hormones take kind of a nosedive straight down. Mm -hmm. And this is why we might feel really good one day, really you know, sexy, embodied, really creative. And the next day we feel kind of terrible. <laughs> and that's just part of this process. It's part of the transition throughout the month. And if we know that, if we can predict that, we have a lot more compassion for it. So in this luteal phase, we start to feel slightly more introverted. We're in more of a closing and finishing kind of stage. And that will remain somewhat consistent until our next period. And so just just that little piece of information right there is more than likely any of us ever learned about our cycles. And hopefully that is at least usable as well. It's not just fancy hormones and, you know, medical terms. Those are actual tangible ways you can honor each phase.
0: Can you imagine how a young girl starting to go through puberty would feel if she was taught that? versus yeah. what she's taught in society now where it's just, it's confusing. Some days you feel really extroverted and you're like, oh, I'm an extroverted personality. The other days you feel introverted and you're just having a crisis as it is internally. And if women <laughs> we're taught that it might actually make sense.
1: Seriously. I've long dreamed of being invited into a middle school or something. I don't know. They'd probably kick me out, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> how How life changing would that be if, yeah, at that tender age you actually had someone break it down in a way where it was usable?,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and usable for a young mind too., mm-hmm. which is completely different. I mean, I it, I think it's fascinating thinking about youth because i I'm really interested in psychology. I think it's so fascinating. And when you think about you know, early childhood development as kids are going from childhood to you know, adolescence to adulthood, and just thinking about the different stages and what you learn about yourself and stuff throughout, it it's so fascinating to think how conversations can change the trajectory of you understanding yourself. And I'm thinking about people who maybe struggle with like mental health and stuff like that. And there's just not a, not a root understanding of maybe what's going on in your own body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so well said. So let's talk about hormones, which is a crazy, crazy topic and could probably be in its own podcast episode <laughs> in itself. Um, but you recently published a podcast episode where you shared some really insightful tips about hormones. And you kind of talk about what a woman can do who feels that her hormones are out of whack and feels kind of unbalanced. Can you share some of those tips with us?
1: Yes. So first, maybe I should touch on what it might feel like if your hormones are out of whack, because a lot of people feel not at 100 percent, but they couldn't really put a finger on what that means. So for women, especially when we have our hormones out of whack, some of the big things that we may feel or experience are things like low belly weight, very irregular periods, extremely heavy, debilitating, painful periods, or very scant, irregular, totally unpredictable periods, We might see things like breast tenderness, cysts or fibroids are huge hormonal indicators, um, acne, especially on the lower chin area of the face. So I think probably most of us can resonate with at least one of those symptoms. And so then that great question is, what do we do? If the hormones are imbalanced, where do we start? hormones are often thought of as a really complicated thing. And and I resonate with that, too. I remember my first class about hormones, I was like, this is too much. Mm. (laughs) But the more we look at it, the more we, we dive, you know, beneath just the technical terms, we can see it really is a simple balance, especially in the female body of estrogen and progesterone. So if we start to look at the things that may cause hormones to go out of balance initially, one of the most common, unfortunately, is birth control. And so if someone has hormonal imbalances, that's usually one of the first questions I have for them is, have you been on birth control before? And if so, how long? Most hormonal birth control methods turn off ovulation. So they make it so you can't get pregnant. But when you do that, you're really starting to to cause havoc with your hormonal imbalance. And so this is where if we've been on it for a number of years, it's very common that eventually we'll see a pretty significant hormonal imbalance that doesn't generally fix itself. So that's a big thing. Um, And then stress is kind of that secret, the secret culprit, right? The more stressed we are, the more cortisol or the stress hormone will be in our body. And that starts to imbalance all of the other hormones as well. So those are two kind of like big pieces of the puzzle. Um, And then I could add to that one more simple, more tangible thing that we could all do is simply eat more fat. And I know the 1990s were like brutal um, in terms of like, Mm fats everything was low fat fats bad fat makes you fat and these are all disproven those are not not the case luckily we all you know <laughs> we all got over that crazy fad but instead we have to have a certain amount of fat in the body to even manufacture our hormones and so eating good high quality fats like coconut oil olive oil avocado ghee butter those kinds of fats provide enough nourishment to the body to even start to regulate your hormones on its own so those are kind of the places that I start with clients, but it, it can be a more immersive thing, as you can imagine, where, again, we're looking for that root. So why are the hormones imbalanced? And then what hormones specifically are out of balance?
0: So I do wonder, you touched on birth control. And from what I know, a lot of the times it is prescribed for women who they do have a hormonal imbalance, whether it be, you know, acne or irregular periods, it is Prescribe for that reason to correct it. And basically what I'm hearing from you now is it's something that's prescribed to correct it, but you know, your body can sometimes be worse off.
1: Exactly. That if if I had to add the second biggest myth about everything, (laughs) it would be the idea that hormonal birth control fixes your period because it, it does quite the opposite. For example, when you're on the birth control pill, and you are experiencing a bleed, that's actually not a period. It's what's called a medication induced withdrawal bleed. And so it's, not a real period so if you've been on birth control say 10 years you haven't had a real period for 10 years and that's i think kind of a staggering thing for people to realize so while it may suppress your acne it may slightly change your period it may regulate it to an extent um, eventually when you do decide to come off of birth control you, you'll probably unfortunately find that all of those symptoms are still right there and they
0: will come back to the surface So I wonder if a lot of the time that is why women who come off birth control find that they have huge acne flare-ups again.
1: Exactly. Yes. And then that's where a lot of these people come to see me who have literally what's called post-birth control syndrome, um, where they're seeing the resurgence in these symptoms that they thought were resolved, you know, when they were like 18 and they're gaining weight uncontrollably, they're starting to have these symptoms and it simply comes back to what has long term birth control use done hormonally there's not a lot of studies that really that really demonstrate exactly uh, the extent of what's being done
0: mhm yeah i was about to say that too i feel like there isn't a lot of research out there that tells people one way or another whether it's good or not like from what you can see you know because you're looking at the body as a big picture you know that it's not good but i mean i feel like a lot of people unless they have the cold hard scientifics, like this study was done, X, Y, Z, mm-hmm. they're not going to believe it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true.
0: So one thing that I love to ask everyone who comes on the podcast, because I just think it's personally really interesting, um, is that I ask them to walk us through a normal day in their life, if there even is such a thing as a normal day as an entrepreneur. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, I feel so blessed to be an entrepreneur. Honestly, Um, I really appreciate the freedom to create my own schedule to work from home. So for me, one of my simple gifts is feeling like I can wake up without an alarm to just know that my body will wake up around the same time, but when it's ready to wake up. And then my mornings are very special to me. They're very slow. I usually don't schedule clients for the first couple hours because that's my time. I guess everyone has their own version of that. And for me, it's in the morning. So that's making some coffee or some tea, I'll do some yoga and meditate. And that's, that's my time to be slow and intentional. Um, And then usually I'll have some back to back interviews or podcast recording clients, um, free calls with clients. And throughout the day, that's that's pretty much where I am <laughs> glued to my computer for six, seven hours. And then in the evening, my favorite thing is to disconnect from all of it and go for a hike and be in nature. I live in the mountains, so I'm very lucky to be around all of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's really that's a pretty standard day for me.
0: That sounds great. That sounds like a day I need to incorporate into <laughs> my life because my yeah. life is very high stress, which I know is not good for everything we just talked about up to this point do you have any tips and i know this is this is a hard question because again everyone's different but do you have any tips for women who live a high stress life who want to keep it under control like whether it be yoga or hiking or things like that
1: yes that's a great question You know, there's kind of two places my mind goes. One is to look at what the primary stressors are in your life because some stress will be inherent. You know, maybe your job is stressful, but you love it and you want to stick with it, right? So that's a stress that you're going to learn to work around. But there may be other things that are additional stressors that maybe could be shifted slightly or maybe could be altered, maybe could be changed in some way to where they would be less of a stressor. So I think it's important, again, to look at the cause or the roots of of what is causing the stress. And does it have to be there or could it be shifted? And then from that point, yes, I think it's about the little things you do throughout the day or throughout the month that make the big difference. And so if you know that the best way for you to de-stress, to feel like a new person is going on a hike once a week, is getting a massage once a month, um, going for walks in nature or spending time just one-on-one with your partner, those are the kinds of things that you'll start to prioritize. And when you start to live in with your cycle, in mind, you really have that time carved out, especially with your menstrual time. So that really becomes such a prime time to plug in these activities that, you know, refill you and recharge you. And I think from that, the rest of the month becomes a lot more seamless.
0: So fascinating. I love how it all ties back into just how your body naturally operates and functions. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so beautiful? It really is. I think it's so fascinating. (laughs) So, what is a book, a resource, or a podcast that you love and want to share with the audience?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of things to do with cyclical health or women's health in general, really the Bible or the, the gold standard in women's health is Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom by Dr. Christine Northrop. It's like a 700-page book, so it's really um, scary to look at. <laughs> but. It's one of those books that I think every woman um, should own because it does give you really the outline to a lot of what we're talking about here, about your cycles, about hormones, about the emotional side or, you know, some of the inherent um, traumas or experiences that women will have. And then also how to do things like cycle track, which would be an alternative to birth control. Um, So it's really an amazing book. So if anyone is interested by what we've talked about here, that would be the number one book to buy.
0: If you haven't done this already, you should definitely do a podcast episode on cycle tracking.
1: Mm, you know, I did, and it was so fun, though also challenging to explain only with your voice. You know, without any visual aids.
0: <laughs> so yes,
1: I did an episode to learn how to track your temperature and also your cervix position and cervical mucus.
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna have to plug that one in the- <laughs> then because I definitely missed it, and I think it's. Not a lot of people know about it, and it's definitely a good alternative to, you know, the pill if people are deciding after listening to this that they no longer want to be on it.
1: Exactly. Yes. Knowledge is power, so at the very least they can listen to it and then decide if it's a good option for them.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Because again, I'm going to say it for the 15th time, everyone's <laughs> different. Yeah, <laughs> we it's free Yep. I just, my biggest fear is giving advice and having people think it applies to everyone and then thinking that's the right thing to do. And it's just like, no, know, know what's right for you. And then do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so lastly, where can the audience find you if they want to connect with you and maybe have a discussion or, you know, schedule an appointment with you? Absolutely. So
1: I'm at CassandraWilder.com and I have the Goddess Ceremony podcast. So that's a great resource page for good free content. And then lastly on Instagram, I am menstruation queen. (laughs) It's a name that was given to me, not one that I picked. And um, I share lots of really good, simple bite-sized pieces about healing your cycle and hormones on there.
0: Well, Cassandra, thank you so much for coming on today. This was extremely fascinating. And I think it's something that we are going to have to collaborate in the future because I think people are going to have a lot more questions for you. I would love that. Thank you so much.